0: Family Church, family.
1: Good to see everybody. Good to see you, kind of, sort of online. I know maybe there's some of you out there I can't really see you, but I know that you're there and trust that you're there. So thank you for being there. Thank you for being here. I know there's lots of things, lots of things that we could be doing today on the, the July the 5th, where everybody's got their firecracker hangover, their apple pie hangover, right? Their uh, I know fireworks were going around our house till after midnight. Um, they were, they were popping and going till after midnight last night, and um, so I know some of you may have slept in this morning. But I pray that God's blessings would be with you, and um, we're going to start a new sermon series right now called "Navigate." Navigate. Um, it's all about realizing that we have just ahead of us, and actually some. We 've actually already been in some of it is the, these waters that are uncharted and, and some uncertainty that could still be ahead in in our world that we you know so so dearly love and have tried so hard to 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 keep it comfortable and now and the next thing, you know, boom, <laughs> there's some stuff that's not comfortable for us anymore and and we certainly see some, some uncertainty ahead. I mean, I don't know about you, but um, I do, just in this world, not, of course, in, in God, but, but in this world, we, we see some uncertainty that, are just a, that is just ahead of us. And um, I do believe with all of my heart that God has a plan through all of this. He really does. Um, I have talked with a few people just out in the community and, and and I really feel led to tell them to tell you to tell my heart to tell to everybody that I know that I think now is an, a very important time to make sure that our our faith is in order and our affairs are in order and our heart is in order and and make sure that that we're we 're got everything in order uh, our house is in order because uh whether whether Christ comes back in an hour from now, how many of y'all be okay with that? Yeah. <laughs> what an incredible way to go, right? Yeah. To just know that you, uh, that you just close your eyes and boom, there it is. Or that you hear a sound and the next thing you know, you get to float. That would be really cool, right? Yeah. Uh, hey, as a chunky dude, I have dreams about floating. <laughs> right? I, I, I like right? I'd like to know that that's possible. So uh, that, that would be really cool if he does that. But you know what? I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be in an hour from now. I don't know if it's going to be 10 years from now. I don't know if it's going to be 100 years from now. Everybody thinks, well, how it could last that long? I don't know. But I, I, I don't know this. But I do know that God has a plan. And I do know that the dominoes have begun to fall. And I do know, as we've talked about it, Wednesday night, especially prophetically speaking, uh, when the dominoes begin to fall, uh, if you've ever noticed how the dominoes start falling faster and faster as it gets closer and closer to the end. And so uh, we have to prepare. We have to prepare like it could happen at any moment, but we have to live in a way that it could happen 200 years from now. Uh, we, we have to prepare like, um, like God... I don't want to let anything be... I don't want anything to hold on to me. Um, uh, Vodi Bauckham, which is now, I guess, Dr. Vodi Bauckham now, um, he spoke at, at Ouachita Baptist when I was a freshman there, and there was something that he prayed that has always stuck with me. And he said that it is, it is his prayer every single day that he be so used up by God... That the enemy has nothing left, that there's nothing left to him for the enemy to hold on to. And that is certainly my prayer. That 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 we use our life in such a way that that there's nothing there for the enemy to grab, that every part of our life, every part of our faith, every part of, of who we are is already, it's already being used for the glory of God. So all right, thank you for those that came out and And uh, helped serve at the the 4th of July or 3rd of July, fish fry. Thank you for those that came out and was a part of that. Thank you for for all those that were able to do that. and For all those that were able to come out and eat. Thank you for eating. Come on, there's an anointing in that right there, right? Thank you for eating. Thank you for fellowshipping. Thank you for being a part of that. We appreciate you uh, doing that. All right. Luke chapter... We're going to talk about navigate. What can we do? What is God going to do with us, in us, through us, and for us to navigate these uncertain times? Luke chapter 8, we're going to start reading verse 22. I'm just going to read four verses here, four short verses, but yet four very powerful verses. You've read these before. But I want you to read them in a way, hopefully, that your heart begins to take in more of what God has in store for you. Luke 8, 22. and now it happened. Woo! It does, doesn't it? Doesn't it happen? Okay, I'm just making sure. Come, turn your neighbor and say, wake up! All right, hello! Hello! Um, it happens, doesn't it? It, it does happen. In fact, um, in the book of Mark, I believe it is, it says, it happened in the evening. <laughs> uh, when it's just beginning to grow dim and grow dark, it, it, it happens. It happens. Um, let's read on and I'll go deeper with that point. Number one, it does happen. And it happens on a certain day that he got into the boat with his disciples and he said to them, so be so mindful of God's word right now. How many of you you are doing everything you can to listen to the voice of God right now? Oh, I know it's hard because there's a lot of noise happening. So hard right now. And and I know there's a lot of, of, of people asking other people to listen to all kinds of things right now. And I recognize that we do need to listen. But I also recognize it's hard to listen when there's so much noise going on. That's why you need to learn to tune your ear in to what God has to say. And you do so through the Spirit. He that has an ear to hear what the Spirit says. What the Spirit says. Let us cross over to the other side. And they launched out. Sometimes I feel like that. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. Thank you, Lord. Appreciate that. And a windstorm, some some versions say a tempest mm-hmm. uh, a storm a windstorm came down on the lake and they were the boat was beginning to fill with water and they knew they were in jeopardy and they came to him and they awoke him saying master master we are perishing then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water and they ceased and then there was a calm. But he said to them, "Where is your faith?" Amen. And they were afraid. And then, isn't that funny? They were afraid even after he said, mm-hmm. even after the calming of the storm. They were still afraid. And they marvelled, saying to one another, "Who can this be?" I mean, who are they who are they following? What did they just leave? Who, I mean, what did they just leave to everything to, to follow? And yet they're still marveled. They knew and believed with everything in their heart that He is the Savior of, the, of, of Israel. He's the Messiah. He's the one that's going to single-handedly raise Jerusalem up and the, and the Jewish people up to Christ. To, to Kick the Roman authorities out and set up a new kingdom. Here, I mean, that would take some very special miraculous stuff to happen, and yet they still marveled. You know what? Don't ever get to the place in your life where you're not marveled by God. Amen. Just a little tip on how to stay close to Him: Don't ever get to the place where you think you know it all. Because he's got more in store for you. For he commands even the winds and the water to obey him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, Father, we need you. I say this every time, I recognize that. But I recognize my need. I recognize, Lord, that God, without you, without you, I'm not me. But with you, I am the best me that I could be. Without you, we are not our country. But with you, Lord, we are the best country we could be. Without you, we're just a a shell, a hull, some walls and some carpet and some chairs and a group of people. But with you, with you, we are your church. A glorious church called to rise and called to stand even in the midst of hell itself rising up. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you've given us the promise. Thank you that you've given us the promise that though hell may be loud at times, it shall not prevail. Lord, we need you. I pray your favor upon this this service, I pray your favor upon this word. Look upon us intently with, your, with this word through eyes of favor. We pray for a fresh anointing to fall upon us because we know that your word says that where the anointing is, bonds and chains are broken. And we pray, God, that your wisdom, your wisdom would unfold before us, your plan, your word. Your will, your way in Jesus name. Amen. 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 How many of you glad to be here? Amen. Okay, how many of you glad to be here online? Yeah. <laughs> All right um, I'm glad that you're here. I really am. Um, I was talking to another pastor not too long ago um, and we talked about just the, the, the challenges that, that we've been facing and the, just the church in general has been going through. And he's a, he's a little bit older than I am. And, and he said, I don't know about you, brother, but I sure do like preaching to people better than I like to preach to just empty chairs. And we agreed that absolutely we love preaching to people because we know that that's what God's put in our heart, not just to be a preacher, but to, to love people. To serve people. Why? Because people need love. People need that service. People need to know that God is still at work and that God is still with us. Because it does, quite frankly, feel like sometimes He's asleep. Where are you at? What's going on? Especially in certain times like this. I begin this message the same way that I began in the reading of it and I began by saying it does happen. No matter what you try to do from time to time, uncertainty does happen. You, you can't always know and predict what's going to be going on in your world. I, I had no idea some things that would unfold in my life. I had no idea that they would unfold. But you know what? God's been faithful through every one of them. Through every situation, every up, every down, every good, every bad, God has been so faithful through all of that. Back in 2017, that was his clear word over me. He said, whatever it is you're going through, always know this, I will be faithful. The crazy thing about it happening is the fact that the disciples, some of them, they're no stranger to this sea. They've been on this sea hundreds if not thousands of times. Some of them made a living by being on this very sea. They, they knew this sea just, just as well as some of y'all know some of the lakes and the rivers in the area. They, they've been around this area. They, they've grown up on this. They've been trained on this. And one of the things that they've been trained to do was avoid a tempest. At sea, One of the things that they've been trained to do is look ahead and see the weather, see the clouds and see the pattern and see what's going on and be able to try to as best as they can predict if it's a good time to go out or if it's not a good time to go out. And isn't it amazing that the very thing that they have been raised to avoid is the very thing that they find themselves in the middle of. And this is no knock on their part. They're just following and doing what God has told them to do, what, what they feel like that they are, are, are trying to do as best as they can to their ability. They're just trying to follow this Jesus as best as they can. And Jesus, uh, Jesus says, come on, let's go. And, and I, the Bible doesn't say that any of them turned around and said, not a good idea. Right? The Bible doesn't turn around and say that they start poking one another and said, are we serious? Does he not see that there's some storm clouds on the rise? Well, here's, here's what we know of if you want to take the, the context literally. And the context literally says that this came down on them. Almost like, where did that come from? What, did, what happened? What happened? Where this, I, I didn't see this coming. I didn't know this was coming. If I would have known this was coming, I would have told Jesus, "Uh-uh." How many of y'all ever wanted to tell Jesus? Don't I know? I know. This is Sunday. We gotta be. We gotta be holy. But there are some times that he, that Jesus has said, "I've got this call for your life," and the very knee-jerk reaction first that come out of my gut was, "Uh-uh." <laughs> Mm-mm. Um, You you don't really uh, You don't really know me Jesus Because I don't want to do this This is not the way That I wanted my life to to, to have to go through I didn't want this to unfold I I had this was not in my plan This is not in my purpose But as much as we want to avoid these things It happens Divorces happen Deaths happen Layoffs happen. Bad news happens. Doctors report. They happen. Car crashes happen. They all happen. So I guess maybe the first thing we have to understand about uncertainty is, I know this ain't going to be very popular. Y'all okay? This is two weeks in a row I didn't do very popular. I'm sorry. (laughs) But the, the bottom line is, is best, I mean, no matter what you do, you can't control everything. Exactly. And it can happen. And it does happen. No matter how good you are. Job, just minding my own business. Doing my own thing. Serving my God. It rains on the just and The unjust, it does happen. But here is the difference. Here's the difference in being just or unjust. The difference is this, is that we have a promise that the unjust does not have and that God is with us in our boat, with us. You realize that in another passage of scripture, the Bible says, I believe it's Mark, the Bible says that there were lots of boats that got in and were going in the same direction. But Jesus got in the boat with his disciples, with those that are close to him, those that were following him closely, those that were called and those that, that he had invited to come into his presence really closely. So the world may be spinning the way the world wants to spin and the world may be on the same lake that you're on right now, but we have a promise in this uncertainty and that is Jesus is in our boat and that there is another side of this storm and that once this storm, once you go through this storm, Jesus wants you to know that there is another side of that storm. And on the other side of that storm is also another event that you're going to have to handle. But one that if you pay very close attention to the way the storm is handled, you will see how to handle the next event in your life. And when you handle that next event, you're going to see the glory of God. What I mean by that is this, is this, this passage of scripture is sandwiched between Jesus teaching with, with a lot of parables, basically saying, I'm down to earth and I'm where you are, and I know how to talk your language, I know how to be with you, I know how to get to your heart, I know how to speak to you, I know, I understand where you live, I understand what's going on, I'm speaking in your own language, Okay, and and there's a whole chapter or two of that that happens before this passage of Scripture, after he teaches some parables, after he does all of this stuff. Then it says they get in the boat, and then they go on over to the other side. Now, as they get in the boat, we first said it happens, right? Not only does it happen, the Bible also says in the book of Mark that this was evening time. It's when the sun's beginning to go down that all of a sudden things go bump in the night, right? It's it's, it's always, how many of you realize it's always at nighttime that things look a lot scarier than they really do and sound scarier than they really are. It's always at night that you'll see something and interpret it in a way that if you had the light, you wouldn't interpret it that way, right? Mm -hmm. How many of you... Come on, how many of you still sleep with a nightlight you don 't have to raise your hand because you know, um, we we're, we're we're afraid of 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 underwear monsters in the closet that 's why we have to turn our closet lights on, right, boys? <laughs> things go bump and things go things are a little bit scary tonight. but but I want you to to learn this first things first on how to get through uncharted waters is not only to realize that God is with you because. There's a lot of people that realize that at first. And and even when I said that, a lot of you were like, yes, I believe that. And some of you who were saying, yes, I believe that, still struggle with anxiety whenever uncertainty arises. And I'm not saying that to condemn you at all because we all have anxiety when uncertainty shows up. Uh, Anxiety, the root of it is basically based on the fact that something is outside your control. And when something's outside your control, we get a little nervous about that, right? That's just the way, as long as I can see the outcome, and as long as I know how it's all going to play out, as long as it's under my control, then I'm cool with it. But this is a big old world. There's a lot that I can't control. But this big old world is made by big old hands. And, by, and, and, and this world is created by a very big voice with big words, and big power. So, so big and so powerful that actually what God is doing in this storm here in this passage of Scripture is the same thing He's doing to us as we face uncertainty. And that is He's actually inviting us to gain a new way of looking at things. There are some storms you can't go through the same old way that you went through them in the past. You can build on that. You can take some principles. You can take some true principles that you've learned that's helped you out. But there are some things, some things, some storms you have to gain a higher perspective on. Right? Let me give you an example. Yes, it said in the scripture very plainly that this happened in the evening when the sun was beginning to go down, and for a lot of us in our daily way of looking at things, that's the end of it all. That's the end of our day, right? Unless you go to work at night. But for the most part, in our way of thinking, the evening means it's over. It's done. So when we're not only facing uncertain stuff, But we're facing uncertain stuff at a time in which we feel like, it's over. Then we begin to hear the enemy's wind blow a lot louder than God's voice. And even though they got in the boat, listening to Jesus say, we're going over to the other side. That voice was muffled and drowned out by the sound of the storm. May we not forget that, in, that our world is not necessarily what it has authority over our life, but that there is someone else who has authority over this world and our life. And that same one says in Isaiah 55 8 through 11 For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways says the Lord, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and it does not return there but waters the earth and makes it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Everybody say praise the Lord for that part. Praise the Lord. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish whatever I please. For it shall prosper in the thing in which I've sent it. You ever notice how he's describing a rain, a storm, a dark cloud that comes and it brings a rain and that rain has a purpose? And even though in our world it looks like it's over, in his world it's just beginning. That's why in Genesis chapter one and verse five, have you ever noticed God says in his word, and the evening and the morning was the first day. Not the morning and the evening but the evening and the morning was the first day god is saying the end of you is really the beginning of me that's why we as christians celebrate when we're sing, singing songs in a funeral because as sad as it is that's really a brand new beginning for them Amen. it's the evening yes guess what guys I ain't gonna lie to you. You look across the landscape of what we're seeing now out there, it's the end of some stuff. Amen. It is. I'm sorry, it is. But it's the beginning of God doing something as well. God is turning a page. And we're either going to be left on the page that was turned or we're going to seek his face and find out what he wants us to do in this new page, in this new chapter. Guys, I've been pastoring long enough to know that in, in every opportunity of big change, you're going to have people that's going to fall away and not be with you. And then you're going to have some that's going to rise up to the occasion. It happens every time and every change. Statistically speaking, half of the people in this congregation and half of the people online will listen to what we're saying and what we're singing about and not really do anything with it. I think we're better than that. I really do. I think we're better than that. Because where we find the end of one thing is really God saying, No, this is my beginning. And sometimes the beginnings are a little rocky and a little rough. 90% of new businesses fail within the first three years. Why? Because the beginning is rough, it's kind of rocky, it's uncertain. It's uncertain for a lot of people because there's a lot of people starting new businesses that really and truly don't know what it's going to take to run that business. I've had people ask me before, man, you need to start a restaurant. And I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> no, no, because you know what? That would take all the fun out of food for me. <laughs> and right now, food's pretty fun. <laughs> You're know, not supposed to amen that. I got on new Spanx. <laughs> all right? It, it, because I, as, as much as I like to... Shuffle something in a cast iron skillet. That's a whole different story when you go to opening up a restaurant. Okay, there's there's something totally different about that. And there's a lot of people that step out going, oh, this is going to be fun. And they all of a sudden hit some rough waters and some uncertainty. That's why marriages fail sometimes. Okay, that marriage that was not really built on Something that was firm sometimes fails because guess what? Man's going to build a house and the way, the, the wind's going to come and the rain's going to come and the foolish man builds his house upon the sand, but the wise man built, yeah, you guys remember, right? It's going to, you, you, the, you, the moral of that story is the same storm is going to hit both. Same storm, same storm hits both. But one chose to do it God's way. One chose to do it their way. Which one fails? Jesus gets them in the boat and gives them a lesson on faith. He's already been given lessons on the parables He gets them in the boat and he says, now we're going to see it all come to reality. You know, we're going to put the practice where the principle was. Because if you can understand this principle of faith, then what you face once you get through the storm, you're going to be a lot stronger. Here's what I mean by this. Once they got through this storm, do you know what was waiting on them on the other side? A crazy naked man demon-possessed, living in the tombs and in the graveyard in the cemetery, frothing at the mouth and foaming at the mouth and cursing and going wild and so strong he's breaking the chains and the ropes that they put on him to hold him back. So crazy, so messed up, so wild that an entire city stays away from him. The police department stays away. The city stays away. The mayor stays away. Rehab stays away. Nobody wants anything to do with him because he's dangerous. He's filled with a legion of demons. No matter how you look that up in the Greek, guess what? That's a bunch of bad stuff. Okay, that's a bunch of crazy. See, I'm a little crazy, but that's a bunch of crazy, okay? And Jesus knew that's about what they're, going, what, what they're about to get smashed up in the face against. is right there. You're about to get smashed against some crazy. So if I can teach you the practice of your faith here and now, then when we get through this storm and we step into the face of crazy, you're going to have the faith it takes to stand there while crazy bows its knee before the name of Jesus. Amen. Yeah. You find yourself in Jesus in the storm, and then when you get through the storm, whatever's on the outside of Jesus must bow to the name of Jesus. Amen. Right. This faith principle has now been put into practice right before their eyes. That's why Jesus said, Where is your faith? Have you noticed? He never rebuked the disciples. He didn't say, I rebuke you. He rebuked the wind and the wave. And then he turned to them and he said, Now, where is your faith? Faith. Kind of an odd principle, really. Because we have faith in lots of things. Even Even an atheist has faith in stuff and things. Maybe in their own self. What is Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Joshua, Rahab, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel? What do all of them have in common? Faith. Faith. So much so, they get the hall of fame of faith that found in Hebrews chapter 11. Not only did they become plaques and pictures on the wall of faith, but actually to back it up, what it really says in Hebrews 11 and 6 is that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So these people aren't just a people that had faith. They're a people that made a life and a living out of pleasing God. Think about it, Abraham. Every one of these people faced uncertainty. Every single one of them. Abraham, get out of your comfort zone and follow me to a land where you've never been before. And you're gonna get to do something you've never done before. Tell me it doesn't take faith to raise a baby at 100 years old. Okay? Get out and go, what? Yeah, go, where? I'll show you. Now, how I many of you be like, yeah, you'll show me first. I'm going to sit down right here until you point it out on the map, and then I'll go. After I look at the map and I talk to my buddies and see if they've been there, and if I find out they've been there and everything's okay, then I'll get up and go. But if I talk to one of my buddies and that place has a bad review, uh-uh. Come on now. Nope, staying right here. I like my comfort zone. I like my camels and my donkeys and and my my servants and my house. I like it right here. Abraham faced uncertainty. And guess what? He didn't even have a Bible to go by. What did he have? He had his relationship with God. And Abraham believed. And it was accounted unto him for righteousness. And he was known as a friend of God. Nobody faced uncertainty like Moses. He's a bigger man than I ever will be. All the uncertainty that he had to go through while trying to shepherd and lead a million uncertain people, into a land that was still kind of uncertain as they're walking through a land that was uncertain and facing giants that were uncertain and people that were uncertain and deserts and trying to feed and water. There's a lot of uncertainty. How did he get through it? How did he make it? Have you read the book of Numbers where it says, there ain't nobody like Moses. There's no prophet like him. For he talks to me like a man... Talks with his friend face to face. When you're going through uncertainty, when you know you can see uncertainty on the horizon, when when you see some big waves and you realize that those waves are bigger than your ship, what you've got to hear is not the waves crashing. And if you've ever been to the ocean with some big waves, that's really loud. But what you have to learn to listen to is not the seagulls laughing at you and the waves crashing against your boat and the wind blowing in your ear. What you've got to learn to listen is to the still, small voice of the one who said, I don't call you servant anymore. I call you friend. And learn to listen to him and know that he's in your boat with you and realize that that sometimes what we're afraid of is not so much the uncertainty of the situation as it is I'm uncertain about whether or not I can handle it. Does that make sense? Because you've gone through some stuff. Some people would be like, ooh, that was scary. And you're like, no, that was cool. Right? Then we'll go back to our roller coaster thing. Some of you are like, I can handle that roller coaster. That was cool. And the others are like, no, that was scary. No. What it is is sometimes we don't feel like we have what's necessary in us to handle that. I'm going to talk more about that next week, but I wanted to touch on it for this purpose. I have a, I have a story for you, and then I'm going to close. And the story goes that a long time ago on an island where a, a rather large group of villagers lived and actually lived quite well and quite pleasing lives, quite sedentary and just normal lives of just having just enough and making do with that. Someone had been dropped off by boat and this someone... Walked onto the island and immediately started talking about how much this someone knew and how smart he was and wise he was. And so much so that they actually began to believe him. And the more that they believed him, the more that they actually started making him kind of the de facto leader of the village the more that they made him the leader of the village the more that they would come across something that they needed some wisdom by that they would go and they would run to this gentleman and they'd ask him what his what his uh, thought was it was on all of this and the gentleman would say, hey, I think we need to do it this way or I think we need to do, that, need to do it that way. I'm, I'm highly educated. I've been here. I've done that. This is the way that it needs to go on. In fact, the place in where I used to live, the country and where I used to live, this is how we handled it and it always worked. And so sure enough, they would handle it that way and really, as time would progress, they would see it would work out. Everything would be okay. Then finally, one gentleman who raised a concern that he and his family had never had before, came to this man and said, Oh, I've got a big concern. I don't know how to handle this. and Can you please give me wisdom and teach me how to handle this? And he poured his heart out to this man, and this man said, Now listen, this may sound kind of sad, but I'm, I've been around your situation before, and I've got nothing but bad news for you. And there's really no way to handle it. We just got to let it be. You just got to let it go until it all washes out. So that gentleman walked away kind of sad. Walking back to his family thinking, what kind of news am I going to give to my family? All the while this is happening, the village elder is listening. The village elder goes home and he tries to rest and he can't rest because he's, he's got the words of this wise man bouncing around in his head and his heart saying that there's nothing can be done and as educated as he is there's still nothing that can be done and so he actually gets up and he goes to the wise man and the elder says to the wise man hey i've got something i need to do with you the wise man says okay what 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 do you want to do He's got, I've got something that you need to know about, something you've never seen before. I want to give you an experience you've never had before. And he words it this way because as wise and as smart as the man is, he's actually blind. He says, so I want you to follow me. It'll take a bit of a a walk. But once we get there, I promise you, you will experience something that you've never experienced before. Okay, I'm always up for learning something new. So he grabs a hold of his, his little arm, his robe, and they take off walking. They get to the other side of the island. And at the other side of the island, he says, now we have to be very quiet. Elder speaks to the, the man and says, we have to walk very softly, be very quiet, because we're about to walk up on a beast that you've probably never been around before the wise man starts getting a little bit nervous. Just hearing the words beast and something he's never done before, the next thing you know, he's getting a little bit scared. He says, don't worry. You've got to trust me. It'll be okay. So they do. They walk tiptoe very quietly up to this beast. And as they get to the beast, they can hear him blowing and they can feel the ground, he can feel the ground moving underneath the weight and the stepping of this beast. He says, Now, stop right, stop right there and hold out your hand. Hold it out flat, and I'm going to walk you up to this beast. He said, It's okay. He is very friendly, even though he's very powerful. Nervously, the blind man holds his hand out flat. And the elder moves him close to the beast ever so slowly. Finally, the blind man hits the side of the beast with the palm of his hand. And the first thing he notices is the rough texture of the skin. And he begins to move his hand down and move his hand up. And the elder says, keep, keep moving your hand. Keep feeling what you feel. I got a couple of questions for you. And as, the elder, look, or as the, the elder looks at the blind man, he, as far as he can reach, he goes up. And as far as he can reach, he goes down. And as far as he can reach, he goes right. And as far as he can reach, he goes left. And as he does all of this reaching, he steps back and he says, wow, what a magnificent animal. I can feel the power coursing through his body just, with, just through the palm of my hand. The elder says, you're right. He's a very powerful animal, a very powerful beast indeed. In fact, he's so powerful, we would like to use this beast to help our village. Can you tell me what could we do with this beast and all of your wisdom and all of your knowledge and all of your education? What could we do with this beast to aid and help our village? Wise man steps back. He thinks for a minute and he speaks up and says, ah, I've got it. I think as big as this beast is and as solid as this beast is and as high as I could reach, it was still solid. As low as I could reach, he was still solid. As right, as left, he was still solid. That big, that solid, we need to make this beast the gate of our city. Nothing goes in or out without going by this beast. Surely that would scare the people, any intruders, that would scare them. They would not come in. He said, "Ah, I've got another idea. Maybe we can string a few of these beasts together and make a whole wall around our city. And that would be great. The elder laughs, he says, so is that as far as you can think? He says, yes, I've reached as far as I can reach and that's as far as I can think using my education and my prior knowledge. He kind of listens at at the elder and he says, so what do you think? And the elder laughs and he says, well... The first thing I think is this. The first thing is, is that what you said is true. It's absolutely true. He's a big, powerful, solid animal, and he would probably make a pretty good wall. But what I want to tell you is going to reveal more about the beast and more about you when I'm done. Wise men said, that's impossible. I'm already pretty smart. He says, while yes, you are smart at knowing what is true, I want to reveal to you something greater called truth. Wise men says, what do you mean by that? He said, walk with me. And as he walks with the elder around the beast, he begins to feel the back hips and how powerful those back legs are. He said, you feel how powerful and muscular those back legs are. He says, yes, I didn't feel this at first, but I, I can feel the muscles. I can feel them twitching under my hand. He says, those are the same muscles that this village uses to move complete trees out of the way. Wise men said, wow, I never thought of it this way. He said, yes. He said, let's come around the backside. He says, you feel how big the backside is? And some of y'all think, yes, I've felt that before, right? He says, now feel this little, feel this tail. He said, I feel the tail. It's powerful, but it's also got something on the end of it. He said, yes, this tail can be used to swat flies. I didn't think of it that way. He said, because you didn't experience it yet. He said, you're right. He said, keep following me. And as they go around the side, they go to the front and find the big front legs. And he says, these legs are like trunks of trees. They're huge. He says, yes, these trunks are so, or these legs are so big that actually this village uses these front legs as a ladder. That they've trained the elephant to lift up a villager like a ladder with these big, huge, muscular legs. Wiseman says, I didn't have any idea. Keep following me. He said, You feel these tusks? How slick and how big that they are? He said, Yes. He says, These tusks are used to carry lots of things. He said, keep going. He filled the trunk. He said, yes, I filled the trunk. He said, this is amazing. He said, yes, it's so amazing. It can carry gallons of water at a time. He said, let's keep going. He said, you feel these big ears. He said, in fact, I felt the wind of these big ears flapping before I ever felt the ears. He said, yes. He said, so take a step back now. And now let's experience. Now let's, let's talk about your experience. Now, if I were to ask you what this big beast could be used for, you could tell me lots of things. He said, yes. He said, so is life. Sometimes when we face uncertainty, we face it based solely on our perspective. And the bottom line is, compared to God who sits a lot higher than we do, our perspective is so limited that we must learn to be led by God through this whole thing. And as we're led by God through this whole thing, what, what, what we need to learn is that there is more to this than just an uncertain thing happening. I've said it over and over. There's a spiritual war going on right now. Amen. This is not just about uncertainty. This is about warfare spiritually. And if we go into this with a perspective based solely on what we know, we're already defeated. Because we base it on the fact that there's been moments in our life where the enemy has got the best of us. The the elder says, there's a second thing I want to teach you. He says, as smart and as wise and as educated as you are, there is still more for you to learn. There's still something greater for you to grab a hold of and comprehend. The moral of that story is that you have what it takes to get through this uncertainty. There's more that you're going to be able to accomplish through this than what you previously thought was possible. Don't base what you can do and what you can't do solely on your perspective. That's why the scripture, Paul writes this crazy passage of scripture. It says, I can do some things through Christ. When we face uncertainty, a lot of times what we want to do is turn inward. Turn inward and see. Do I have it or do I not have it? Can I do it or can I not do it? And a lot of us that turn inward, we we know our limitations well. Right? I know we don't want to spit them out because that would tell on us. But we know our limitations well. And then we begin to see the end of us and we begin to get afraid. Because we think this storm is a lot bigger. And here's what's true it's a big storm. Just as the elephant, the guy, the, the, the the wise man, the blind man, he didn't say something that was false. It was absolutely true. But what he missed was a greater truth, that there's more to it. If someone could lead you around and show you how to walk and show you what to do, if someone could help you with that, then you would find a greater truth that was actually bigger than the storm itself someone who actually created this whole world is saying, I want to lead you through this storm. I want to show you how to have faith so that when you cross this storm and you get to the other side and you're faced with hell itself, you can stand there with your shoulders square and your head up and your chest out and your leg muscles strong and know that by the name of Jesus... You can handle it. Let's all stand. A lot of times when we face uncertainty, what we need to do first is not turn inward. It's okay to take an inventory of your heart. But what we first need to do is turn to Jesus and realize, and I realize this, this, it sounds so simple, but that's the way he works. He uses the simple things to confound the wise. This storm, this uncertainty we're facing right now is actually an invitation It's an invitation by Christ Himself to show us where to put our faith. I've had people tell me all kinds of things. It's kind of a confusing time to be in leadership right now. Can somebody say, Amen, you're gonna leave me hanging? Because I got half the people I talk to, they're like, Man, this is horrible. It's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. I don't think we're going to make it. This is bad. Bad news here. Bad news there. Bad news everywhere. I'm probably all going to die. I'm serious. That, that, that half of people, the other half of people I talk to, they're like, Oh, God's got something incredible in store. And here I am stuck right in the middle going like a tennis match. Because one morning I get up and I feel like, yeah, God's going to move. And the next morning I get up and feel like, "Uh uh-oh. And the next morning I feel like, God's got this. And the next morning I get up and go, "Uh uh-oh. And like a tennis match is bouncing around. And what we need to realize is that really and truly what they're saying and what they're saying really is irrelevant compared to what he is saying. And this is an invitation in uncertain times. It's always an invitation to listen to the voice of God. It's what you need to do first. Next week, I'm going to go into a little deeper about how God is going to help you handle it by what you have. But this week, you need to remember where you put your faith. Heavenly Father, we don't put our faith in the boat. We don't put our faith in the wind. We don't put our faith even in our own self at first. We put our faith in you. And Father, I, I'm, I apologize. I repent for all the ways that I have tried to explain whether I can make it or not based solely on my perspective. And while that perspective was true, I realize that you're the truth. So I pray. I pray, Holy Spirit of truth, you would reveal to me something greater, something bigger, something deeper, something more than what I have ever known in my past. Lord, we trust you. Lead us around this beast. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Rock Creek Family Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jonathan again. And we are so thankful and grateful for you to be here and join us. We ask that you would make sure that you subscribe so that you can catch other podcasts as they come out. Also, if you would rate it and comment, let us know how God has blessed you through this podcast. We love you. And we thank you. Have a blessed day.